0: I'm Dr. Ling Huang, and in this episode, I will be discussing about protein synthesis. By the end of this podcast, you would have learned about the genetic code and various types of mutations, the structure and role of aminoacyl tRNA molecules, steps of translation which include initiation, elongation, and termination, as well as the post-translational modifications associated with proteins and cellular destinations of the fully synthesized proteins. So why are we interested in protein synthesis? Proteins are continuously synthesized and broken down in our cells in order to help them function properly. If there are any errors in making these proteins at the right amount or the right time, or if there are problems with folding the proteins, transporting them to the correct locations in the cell, This could lead to abnormalities and disease. So how are proteins synthesized? This starts with our genetic code. And what is that? We know by now that DNA makes RNA, which then makes protein. And the genetic code is a set of instructions that define how the RNA code is converted to amino acid sequences. So how do four nucleotides in our DNA or RNA code for 20 different amino acids? The messenger RNA is read as a codon of three nucleotides, or a triplet, for one amino acid. And if there are four nucleotides with three amino acids, this means that there are 64 combinations of three nucleotides. However, there are only 20 amino acids to make up all the proteins in our body. This means that several different codons will code for the same amino acid and they tend to have the same first and second nucleotide and vary at the third position. This is called wobble-based pairing. So let's now look at the rules of the genetic code. The code is degenerate and unambiguous. This means that amino acids have more than one codon, but each codon specifies only one amino acid. And the code is non-overlapping. This means that each nucleotide is read only once, and they do not overlap. The codons are read sequentially, and that there are no extra nucleotides in between the code to separate the codons, and that there is no skipping of the codons. The start codon is AUG, which codes for methionine, and this sets the reading frame and ends with the stop codons, which is UGA, UAG, or UAA. And these are also called the nonsense. The order of the codons in the mRNA determines the sequence of amino acids for the protein. Therefore, if there are any errors in the gene because of DNA damage or DNA replication errors, mutations will occur. These mutations, when transcribed to mRNA, can then result in protein with abnormal sequence and lead to genetic diseases. Let's now look at the different types of mutations. There are point mutations where there is a single base change, and there are frame shift mutations when there is more than one base changed. There are three types of point mutations. The first one is silent mutations. This is when a single base change codes for the same amino acid. For example, if CUU, that codes for leucine, is changed to CUA, Even though there is a point mutation here, the single base change still codes for the amino acid leucine, and there is no change in the amino acid sequence. The second point mutation is is missense mutations. This is when there is a base change that codes for a different amino acid. An example of a missense mutation is sickle cell anemia where a single-base change substitution from GTG to GAG in the single-cell gene changes from glutamic acid to valine in the beta-globin chain in hemoglobin. The third point mutation is nonsense mutations. This is when there is a single-base change that creates a stop codon. This is seen in patients with beta-thalassemia, where there is a mutation from UGG, to UGA, in the beta-globin gene. This changes the residue from tryptophan to the stop codon, causing the patients to have large deletions in the beta-globin chain. When there are one or more bases added to DNA, this is called an insertion mutation. This results in the synthesis of proteins with more amino acids. And when there is one or more base removed from DNA, This is called a deletion mutation, and this results in proteins with fewer amino acids. Frame shift mutations are caused by the insertion or deletion of a single base. This is when the reading frame shifts, and the resulting amino acid sequence is different from the normal protein. However, if you have three or multiples of three bases being deleted, The remaining amino acid sequence remains the same and there is no frameshift mutation. After DNA is transcribed to RNA, it leaves the nucleus and migrates to the cytoplasm. In the cytoplasm, the, the ribosomes will bind onto mRNA to start making proteins. The ribosome is a protein factory in the cell. It is a macromolecular machine that translates mRNA by taking different amino acids carried by tRNA and joining them together to make a polypeptide chain. There are three steps in translation, initiation, elongation, and termination. Initiation is when mRNA binds to ribosome and the tRNA carries the specific amino acid to the ribosome. The anticodon on the tRNA then binds to the codon of mRNA leading to the next step, which is elongation. The ribosome catalyzes the amino acid bonding to the adjacent amino acid to form a polypeptide chain. And the tRNA without the amino acid then releases from the ribosome. And in termination, the ribosome reaches the stop codon and translation stops and the polypeptide chain is released. What is tRNA? The aminoacyl, tRNA, are adapter molecules that carries amino acid to the ribosome and binds onto the codon. Aminoacyl means that the tRNA is charged, or that it is carrying an amino acid via an acyl group, which is an ester linkage between the amino acid and the acceptor stem. tRNA molecules are single-stranded RNAs that fold onto itself into a structure that looks like a cloverleaf. It contains stems and loops with four key regions. The acceptor stem carries an an amino acid at the 3' CCA end, and the anticodon is a loop of three bases at the bottom that associates with mRNA codon via complementary base pairing. The anticodon sequence on the tRNA determines the amino acid that it carries. The T-arm associates with the ribosome via the E, P, and A binding sites. And the D-arm associates with the tRNA activating enzyme, aminoacyl tRNA synthetase. This is an enzyme responsible for adding amino acid to the acceptor stem. You can think of the tRNA as like a Swiss army knife, having four key tools, one to carry the amino acid, one to bind onto mRNA, one to bind onto the ribosome to transfer the amino acid, and the other to the amino acyl tRNA synthetase to receive the new amino acid. The ribosome, on the other hand, is much bigger and more complicated. It is made up of ribosomal RNAs and proteins that constitute two subunits. The eukaryotic ribosome has a larger 60S subunit and a smaller 40S subunit containing three tRNA binding sites. The binding sites are A site, P site, and E site. The A site binds incoming aminoacyl tRNAs carrying amino acids. The P site binds the the peptidol-tRNA that is attached to the growing peptide chain. And the E-site releases the tRNA that carried the last amino acid. Now let's now look at the eukaryotic translation steps in greater detail. The initiator tRNA methionine is first loaded onto a small subunit along with other eukaryotic initiation factors. The small subunit binds to the 5' end of mRNA by recognizing the 5' cap. The small subunit then moves along the 5' to 3' direction along the mRNA scanning for the start codon, which is AUG. This proceeds via ATP hydrolysis. Once it reaches the start codon, The eukaryotic initiation factors dissociate and translation begins. The large subunit then assembles with a small subunit to complete the whole ribosome. The initiator tRNA-methionine is bound to the P-site, leaving the A-site vacant. And protein synthesis is ready to start with the next aminoacyl tRNA binding. The aminoacyl tRNA that is complementary to the codon binds to the vacant A-site. The Thionine then moves from the P-site to the A-site to bond to new amino acid to grow the peptide chain. And this is catalyzed by the peptidyl transferase in the large subunit of the ribosome. The ribosome then translocates and shifts the tRNA to the E and P-sites, facilitated by elongation factors and GTP hydrolysis. These elongation factors help improve the accuracy and speed of translation. tRNA is then released from the E site and the peptide chain is now in the P site. The A site is now open for binding the next amino acyl, tRNA. So the polypeptide chain is built from the N terminal to the C terminal, starting from methionine to the final amino acid. And behind the first ribosome, up to 50 additional ribosomes can also bind onto the mRNA, forming a polysome. This enables simultaneous synthesis of multiple identical polypeptide chains. Once the ribosome reaches the stop codons of UAA, UAG, and UGA, this signals the ribosome to stop translation. Release factors then bind onto the A site with the stop codon. This catalyzes the addition of water instead of amino acid. And the carboxyl end of the polypeptide chain is then freed from tRNA. And the completed peptide chain is then released into the cytoplasm. The ribosome then releases the mRNA and dissociates into its subunits, which is then recycled for the next round of protein synthesis. As the growing polypeptide chain emerges from the ribosome, The chain folds into its secondary and tertiary structure. The N-terminal domain folds first, while the C-terminal domain is still being synthesized. The protein has not yet reached its final conformation by the time it is released from the ribosome. And molecular chaperones such as Hsp60 and Hsp70 can make protein folding more efficient by binding to its hydrophobic residues. Many proteins also undergo post-translational modification after emerging from the ribosome. The N-terminal methionine can be cleaved off as well as other cleavages to activate the protein. For example, proinsulin is being cleaved to two peptide chains and held together by disulfide bonds to form insulin. Signal sequences can be also added to direct the protein to a particular cellular compartment or to prepare it for secretion from the cell. This can include phosphorylation, which is the addition or removal of phosphate groups to regulate the activity of proteins, hydroxylation to stabilize the protein, acetylation and methylation to alter the charge of the protein, as well as glycosylation, which involves the addition of carbohydrate groups onto proteins for them to be secreted or incorporated into lysosomes for cellular membranes. So how fast are these ribosomes? In E. coli, the ribosome can synthesize up to 20 amino acids per second. In eukaryotic cells, it takes about 5 amino acids per second which takes about a minute to synthesize an average-sized protein of 300 amino acids. To regulate the amount of protein in the cell for its proper function, they must also be degraded. Proteins that are denatured, misfolded, oxidized, containing abnormal amino acids, as well as regulatory proteins and enzymes that are no longer needed, all have to be degraded. and proteins are degraded by a large protein complex called proteasome. In eukaryotes, proteins containing ubiquitin tags, which are about 76 amino acids long, are degraded by the proteasome. The amino acids that have been degraded are then recycled to make new proteins. These proteins are then directed to the cellular locations via signal sequences in the amino acids. Membrane proteins are synthesized on the ribosomes on the endoplasmic reticulum. A signal recognition particle binds to the signal peptide to pause translation. The polypeptide is then transported to the ER to continue translation. The protein is then transferred to the Golgi apparatus via vesicles and finally transported to the target destinations in the cell. So by the end of this podcast, you would have learned about the genetic code and various types of mutations, the structure and the function of amino acetyl tRNAs and ribosomes, the steps of translation as well as the post-translational modifications, and the cellular destinations of the fully synthesized proteins.